Welcome back to Strong, Badass, and Over 50. I'm Randy, and I'm here with my fabulous co-host, Donna. (laughs) Hi. And we're here for a new episode with my friend, Janet Dickinson. Hi, Janet. How are you? Hello. Thanks for being with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. Of course. So we want to dive right in and talk to you about where you're from, where you grew up. Yeah. I, you know, I am from uh, Minnesota. I'm from northern Minnesota, small town, Bemidji, 11,000 people. And uh, I went to school there uh, at uh, Moorhead State and uh, had a music degree there. And then I went on to uh, uh, NDSU, North, North Dakota State University. And I have a master's in arts in uh, acting. And uh, while I was in there, while I was going to school, I became part of a dance company. And that's what sort of spurred me to think I could maybe have a career in, uh, you know, in entertainment. And so I I was part of this company and it was Eddie Gasper, who was uh, a contemporary of Bob Fosse. And he was Bob Fosse's assistant. So it was excellent training. And that sort of, you know, sprung me uh, to, to take a leap to New York City. So when did you come to New York? I came to New York in 1987. And man, I was super green. You know, I just didn't know anything. Um, you know, nowadays, colleges, universities are really teaching their kids how to hit the, the ground running. But, um, you know, it, it probably makes you uh, a better person. But um, I was living in Hell's Kitchen. When Hell's Kitchen really was Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, tempt my way around and uh, just tried to figure out what I what I was doing. And, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of falling down trying to pick myself back up. Yeah. Now, when you came to New York, Janet, were you intent upon pursuing theater or was it more just entertainment in general? Did you have a plan, if you will? Never had a plan, but I was a dancer. I was more of a dancer back then. And so my my idea is to really pursue dancing. And I, I wasn't as trained as some people. I had a lot of moxie, but that's pretty quickly shifted into um, theater. And I was also musical. I could sing. And so I, I shifted into doing musical theater. And then I started working at a place called Mountain Playhouse out in Pennsylvania. I did over 100 shows out there. And there were uh, we did a couple of musicals every season, but it was mainly um, uh, straight shows. And so I really learned how to become an actor out there. Mm -hmm. And that served me well as I moved forward in musicals in an audition, uh, just because a a lot of musical theater aren't, you know, acting isn't their strongest point. You know, let's be honest, they're singers, they're dancers. And so I, I sort of had a leg up once I really got a lot of roles under my belt. So what was your first production that you were cast in? <laughs> well, let's see. You know, the very first thing I was cast in, I was uh, cast as the Virgin Mary in my, you know, <laughs> Sunday school production. You're going you way know, back. Casting, way back. <laughs> and then I think the next thing I, I was cast in, I was Brigitte in The Sound of Music mm. in the high school production. And uh, and then that sort of bled to, you know, my my love of theater. So what was your first production that, you know, Broadway or, you know, in in Pennsylvania, wherever you actually where your career started? What was your first? Well, 
Yeah, I guess, you know, I I was in a dance company in Fargo-Moorhead and I actually got paid to do that. And so that's really where it started. Mm -hmm. I was making money doing that and I was singing jingles. I was making oh, wow. money off my voice and my dancing. And so I had enough chutzpah to, to get myself on a bus to come to New York City. And uh, and then um, I was doing a lot of temp jobs. I, I was attempted MTV networks mm-hmm. and I was cleaning, uh, you know, apartments. I was doing all sorts of things, waitressing. Um, and then I started doing, you know, working at Mountain Playhouse. And I, I knew that I... I, I somehow was able to start piecing together a career in jobs. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen you in several Broadway productions. Yes. yes so what was, what was the, when was the first time that you actually got a gig in New York city and what was it? You know, I don't, I suppose I had little gigs, you know, off, off Broadway and stuff like that, that would pay. Right. But uh, one of my, my first uh, jobs was doing forbidden Broadway which is a show that spoofs current yes, musicals. Right. And that was a great coup for me because I love that show. These people are super talented and you have to learn how to mimic, you know, stars. And uh, so I did that off Broadway for about a year. And that was that was a big kick in the pants for me. And then I did. I was able to snag my first Broadway show was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And um you know, instead of going out of town for jobs, I really had to say, stay in town, try to get a job in town. Because, you know, as as actors, we do have to go out of town, of course, because we have to get enough weeks to get insurance because we're part of the union. But, you know, you have to be willing to really dedicate yourself to staying in town in New York City to get a job in New York. Right. And so uh, that was a great thing. And then, you know, I sorted that that led to one thing led to another um, and then I was on tour with Billy Elliot and I played the lead in that Mrs. Wilkinson. That was a big step for me. Um, and then uh, from that, uh, Susan Stroman cast me in Bullets Over Broadway. Oh, wow. And uh, that was that was a big deal. You know, I had to go on for the lead the second week of previews. Super scary. But, you know, people maybe were sort of sitting up and saying, who's this? You know. And then that led to a world premiere at the Kennedy Center of a new musical called Little Dancer, had a role in that. And then my most recent uh, stint on Broadway was in Anastasia. I was with that from the beginning. I was one of only two people who, from the reading, got I, they cast me again in the out-of-town tryout in Hartford. And then I got cast in the, the Broadway show because it's not a given that, you know, you're in the reading. You know, they will wipe the slate clean. But, you know, the director liked me and uh, he carried me along with that show. And then I went on tour with that show, too, right before COVID. Wow. So what was your favorite show that you've ever done? (laughs) That's a good question. You know, I, you know, I, I like a lot of shows that I've done. I mean, I played Rito Sweeney and anything goes super fun. You get to belt out all these songs, you know, doing something like nonsense is really fun. Um, and, but, you know, Forbidden Broadway, of course, will probably be one of my favorite because you, it's so funny and it really speaks to all of my strengths. You really get to use your voice. You get to do all these different characters. Super, super satisfying to do that job. You're on stage all the time and there's four of you out there and you're really the stars of the show. So that, that is one of my all time favorites. Who is your favorite character to, to, uh, copy in Forbidden Broadway? 
Wow. I don't, you know, the year I did it, we were doing a spoof on Spring Awakening. It was called, the show was called Rude Awakening. And I played, I played the, the headmistress. She's very stern. Yeah. And I, I, I played her like I was in an Austin Powers movie, you know, just super over the top and uh, really fun. And also then I got to Grey Gardens was out that year. Uh-huh. So um, I, you know, I came out eating a can of cat food. And uh, just, you know, it's fu- it's fun to, you know, sort of invent something kooky for a yeah, character. Yeah. No, that is fun. And, and, and you know, I, like I said, I've seen you several times, both in The Grinch and in Anastasia. Well, actually, no, we didn't see you. You were sick that week. I was sick. You I'm had so strep really throat. Sick. That's right. But we did yes. see it and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've done so many different types of productions. It's just very cool yeah. it is very cool you know i'm fortunate i you know I, i've stuck with it and um i you know along with that goes talent of course but you have to stick with it you yeah. know yeah you mentioned the words moxie and chutzpah <laughs> and 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 so what i mean those are those are really important kind of non-tangible characteristics Absolutely. like do you think that's what gave you the ability to stick with it like just that that desire to do it and just the guts to go for what you wanted you know, I think it is that a lot. And you don't even know it, you know, when I, I was sort of in hindsight thinking about some qualities and you don't even know it when you're younger right. or a, as you're sort of developing a career, what it is. You know, I I wouldn't have called it competitive, but I was competitive. I wanted to be the best person in dance class. I wanted to be the best singer. I'm not saying I was, but I knew enough that I, I had to try to be the best. And that served me well. And along with that, you know, goes the sense of being naive. You don't really know, um, you know, that somebody's going to say no to you. You know, if you can float on a, a, a cloud of naivete, you know, and that will <laughs> that will carry you a long way. And then, you know, so, yes, I did. I had enough, you know, balls to really want to, you know, do it. And I just stuck with it. And I had many opportunities to not do it. You know, people were offering me jobs left and right to do something else. But in my heart, I knew I needed to do what I wanted to do. Now, I didn't have I wasn't married. I didn't have children. I had no responsibilities. You know, it was a little bit self-centered, but I knew I could do it without sacrificing somebody else along the way. Wow. Yeah. And I think ultimately. Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, what really carried me a long way as you get along in your career is I have a good sense of fun. I like people. And, um, you know, so that 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 has, you know, gotten me many a job. Very cool. Yeah, I think one time we actually tried to hire you. Did we not? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as a first yeah, full time, she was a temp in my company. And we oh. tried to give her a full time job. And she oh, was like, oh, oh. uh-uh. I'm an actor. Sorry. Nice. Well, it's very good that you were able to do that. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. You knew what your passion was and where your heart was and you went for it. I love that. Yeah. So what do you think about the way women are aging within the entertainment business? Um, Like, when do you go from being sexy mama to sexless grandma? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it you know, it, it happens over time. And, uh, you know, I, as uh, as an actor, you have to it's hard to it's hard to get older. It's yeah. hard to realize that and how it affects your career. 
for all of us. Yes. And so you, you have to learn how to shift, you know, shift gracefully and realize now I, I was sort of funny and a character actor from early on. You know, so I was already playing roles that I was way too young for when I was younger. So I, I, I could I had that sort of in my stable. I knew I could play that. And um, fortunately, I do a lot of, of comedic roles. So, you know, that that was easier for me to shift. But I I think it is a hard thing to because you sort of disappear. You know, you you become wallpaper. Mm-hmm. And that is that is a hard thing um, for women in the entertainment business. You know, look, it, it you know, I, I challenge anybody to watch um, TV, movies, going to the theater. You know, watch and count how many men there are and how many women there are up on that screen or on that stage. And it's it is shocking. It is very sexist in in that it, you know, shows are shows and theater and uh, movies are really more. They, they swing more towards men. And not only that, but almost anything you watch, there is a romantic element in the story. It may not be the main part, main plot, but there's always a romantic element. And it is just more, we've been trained uh, to think that is more acceptable for an older man to be with a younger woman. Right. It comes down to right. sex and mm-hmm. being sexy. Yeah, And, you know, you hope that's shifting from being, you know, more to being compelling than sexy, you know, that you are a compelling character in the story. But, Really, it is still, uh, you know, there is a real strong element of sex and sexiness in a lot of the stories that are being told. It's a good point. Yeah, that is a good yeah. point. You know, I recently saw this article where Andy McDowell was being mm-hmm. interviewed. And, you know, there was a whole thing about her hair being gray. And right. she was like, wait a minute, George Clooney's hair is gray and nobody says shit about that. Right. So yeah. why am yeah. I getting like basically, you know, hate on social media or whatever for letting my hair be the color it actually is. I think that's like, that's a very good example of this double standard. So I just thought absolutely. we could talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, not only is that sexist, but it's ageist, of course, mm-hmm, you know, absolutely. first of all, you're talking about two very good looking people, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so uh, you know, it, but it is interesting that but we still do that. I mean, I still do it. Yeah, you know, we just got to train ourselves out of being ageist and sexist about, you know, how people look. But it's weird in the entertainment business. If you were up for a job as, a, you know, a realtor and you're up for a job as an actor, you know, it's implied that you have to have a certain skill set and probably above that. But the person that's, you know, trying to get a job as a realtor, that that's where it kind of ends you know as if you're a performer you know it's it's based on what you look like you know yeah and uh there are more roles for older men so you know it it is the deal you know it's not right and hopefully that's shifting but um you know we still uh you know, comments about, you know, women, you know, and their gray hair is like, oh, okay, well, whatever, you know. Men, when men are gray, they look distinguished. Right. When women yeah. are gray, they look old. old. Yeah. 
That's right. You know, and um, I, I don't, I, I, it just, it is the way it is right now. And I, and I, I, I hate that bit, Yeah. but it swings this industry industry swings more towards men than it does for women, you know, and I don't, you know, I think it's shifting, but um, again, it's, it's a, it's a, a sexy element and it's more, uh, it's more acceptable for a man to, you know, uh, age gracefully than right. it is for a woman. Mm-hmm. You, I, know, you know, I don't know how we get out of that. Yeah. One exception I think was Grace and Frankie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've watched every season. I love that show. And what's interesting is that the target demographic for that show is women of a certain age, but young women were watching that show and being really empowered by it. I'm talking women in their 20s, looking at these two women, and the, they're supposed to be in their 70s, but are actually in their 80s. And I think the more we see of that, the more normalized it becomes to be, you know, it's okay to be older and be female and, and we're living full vibrant lives and like, check us out. <laughs> no, I think, yeah. I think that's so true. That, that show is excellent. And I've watched, I've watched every one of those episodes too. And you know, that it's a great example. It's fun. It's lighthearted. And it talks about, and there, there are love elements in there. Right. And uh, you know, it is just a great example of really good writing, of course. And, uh, you know, a good show of that is a different, uh, you know, age demographic. And, you know, it works for a lot of on, on all levels because it's good, you know. Right. But it also in, in some of the episodes they talk about, like you said, some of the things that affect us as we age. And it right. kind of incorporates the toilet that helps you get up. The, the, right. yeah, the vibrator. The vibrator for the arthritic <laughs> hand, you know, all that good stuff. Yeah, I love the episode where where she is saying, you know, and Jane Fonda plays his character, who was always really made up, and um, her love interest at the time was uh, Peter Gallagher, right? Right. right. And um, you know, she's she she starts peeling off her eyelids and 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 really sort of dismantling, Mm -hmm. you know, the armor that she's wearing. Yeah. And um, and it's a great moment because he's he wants her, um, and and you know, it's it's a. It's a um, it's a lesson to learn that, you know, why? Yes. Why do we have to put on all this armor? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Think about it. We're like, I'm getting my hair done. I'm getting my nails done. I'm getting my eyelashes done. I'm getting Makeup, a facelift. facelift, clothes. Yeah. Guys just throw on a T-shirt and jeans and leave the house. They don't care that they have wrinkles. No, they don't. I know. I, I don't I, I don't know how we I don't know how we turn the steering wheel on that. Yeah, it gets little by little, I think, you know, yeah. uh, but it, it and it is it's really all over the entertainment industry, of course. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. So what have you yeah. been doing since you said the pandemic kind of got live theater on hold? <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, it is coming back in New York yes. slower than yes, they want it to, of course. Yeah. Uh, you know, things have shifted yeah. on tour. It's shifted, yeah. too. You know, um, I'm I'm hoping that in time, you know, theater will come back, keep coming back stronger and stronger. I think it will. Um, You know, I was fortunate to, um, you know, when when the pandemic hit, I was doing I was on the tour 
of Anastasia. So, you know, after a while, you start to say, what do I want to do? And what I wanted to do was do more straight plays. And fortunately, last summer, I was cast in three straight plays because that is what I really love. I love doing musicals, too. Right. But um, so and then, uh, you know, one musical. And uh, so I was fortunate to work, you know, all last spring and through the fall. And um, and then, you know, now what am I doing? I'm auditioning, auditioning for stuff. And also I'm fortunate that I've done a couple of TV things, uh, a couple of co-stars, one on Billions. It's the, um, oh, the first I love Billions. Of Billions. Small thing, you know, but, you know, that that's a nice thing. And then I'm also I have a small co-star on Feud. This season, it is about Truman Capote and his swans. Last season, it was about it was Susan Sarandon and Jessica Lange. And uh, so, you know, a show that is about women. And the nice thing about, uh, you know, this this season, it's, you know, it's got Calista Flockhart, Chloe Sevigny, Molly Ringwald, Diane Lane. You know, it's all it's a bunch of women. So that is a great thing. You know, that that story, both seasons have, you know, centered around women. So, you know, that's fun. That's like a that's like a nice dessert, you know, to to get these little co-stars on these shows. Love doing that. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, absolutely. So what advice would you give to women over 50 regarding reaching their goals, whatever their goals may be? Yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, You know, it's different for an actor, I suppose, because we are always reinventing ourselves, you know, but I think. You know, that is that maybe is a good thing to say. Don't be afraid to reinvent yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easier for me because I'm thrown into a group with different group of people. And I see somebody and I go, oh, I want to be like Randy, you know. And uh, and so you sort of go, what, what is it about her? And you, you surround yourself with the people you like. And so you can reinvent yourself. But also in a career, I would say, you know, don't especially as we get older, we think, you know, the, the end of the road is coming, you know, it's not over until you're dead. And if you keep going, you know, that's important. If, if, you, if you can shift to what your strengths are at the time, that's great. But also, you know, if you've got a, a dream, if uh, some sort of goal, you know, whether it's, you know, doing a podcast or, you know, building a house, you know, Uh, write it down in the center of a paper and then say, what do I have to do around it to, to make this happen? And then take a pause and say, what if I dreamed a little bigger? What if I did this? What if I did that? What if I did this? You know, yes, the dream, but try and expand it and just think a little bit bigger, you know, and it's really just instead of lean forward, don't sit back on your heels, you know, lean forward. I have to do it all the time. And a lot of people, you guys are doing it. You know, I think leaning forward and not, you know, pulling back on the reins, you know, lean into it, whatever you want. Don't don't let anybody stop you. And by anybody, I mean yourself. Don't let yourself stop you. You know, keep moving ahead. That's such a good point. I love that. But also don't let society tell you you can't. Or that don't let. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't let some. don't let your age or, you know, sexism get in the way of, you know, of, you know, uh, your dreams, you know? Nice. Yeah, no, I love, I, I love that too. And I think you're a great example, Janet, of somebody who has made a career for themselves in New York, which is probably one of the hardest places 
yeah. anywhere to make it to be, yeah. I mean, you know, my memory is that you're always working, doing some interesting crap all the time, not just like, yeah. you know, here and there, but you were always busy. You had a great balance of managing like, you know, the, the office work to pay the bills and all the traveling. And I mean, you're like an inspiration to anybody who wants to go for something. And, and I love your, you know, the moxie and the chutzpah and just don't give up, like, let just keep doing it. And eventually things will come together. And I, I expect a lot to see a lot more of you in the future out there because you're just getting started. There you go. Well, I hope so. You know, as, as babies, when we fall down, we get back up, you know, there you go. every time you fall down, just get back up. Mm-hmm. I yep. love it. Well, thank wow. you for being with us. Thank you for being here, Janet. It's been awesome. Thank you guys. That is all we have for you for today, my friends. If you'd like to join the conversation, please email us at strongbadassandover50 at gmail.com. And we are sponsored by Donna Gel, Donna, <laughs> Donna J. Wellness. <laughs> we're, we're all aging. Why not lose weight, look great, feel good, and age healthy? Connect with us at www.donnajwellness.com for your free cookbook of 40 exceptional aging recipes. I'll get it straight eventually. All good. Uh, until next time, we are out from the swamps of Jersey. Bye-bye. <laughs>